0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Greetings, friends. It's another amazing day here in the green state of California. This is your hemp entrepreneurial host, Tyler Hemp with Hemp Aware Radio. We've got another exciting, insightful, and informative discussion for you today with Patrick Goggin, hemp advocate, California legal counsel for organizations, um, <clears throat> and folks such as Vote Hemp, Dr. Bronner's or David Bronner with Dr. Bronner's, just to name a couple, and um, he's uh, here as a leading edge hemp entrepreneur, lawyer. Uh, He's on the cutting edge of knowledge and information as it relates to hemp and cannabis, especially on the legal front. We're going to talk about what bills are currently moving through the House and who are a few of the political or legal hemp figures currently out there spreading awareness about industrial hemp and doing their best to change laws and Change, change Consciousness <clears throat> on the Cannabis Movement. You can discover more about Patrick and his supportive work to raise awareness about and defend the rights uh, and benefits from, uh, for the people that are in the cannabis world, uh, patrickdgoggin.com. Patrick's legal firm has over 30 years combined qualifications in litigation experience, trained mediation, expert translation, and environmental law certifications. It's an honor and a privilege to have such a cool guy on today's show. Patrick, thanks for joining me.
0: Good to be here, Tyler.
1: Right on. So to kind of uh, give our listeners an, an update of, of who you are and where you've come from, uh, what initially inspired you to get into law and cannabis or the cannabis industry and kind of mel- melding those two worlds together?
0: Well, what's a to- undergrad at UC Santa Barbara back in the in the late 80s and I was a major in history and a class that really uh, changed my life was the history of wilderness and civilization and it led to, to my rise as an environmentalist in the uh, late 80s, early 90s and out of that I, I tried to decide what I wanted to do how could I uh, assert environmental advocacy and and i decided to go to law school Uh, it seemed that my voice would be uh, most influential if i took that route and i ended up going to uh and and participating in the environmental law program at lewis and clark college in in portland in the mid-90s and once i got out i uh, went into practice with my father and and was doing a lot of uh other stuff, general civil litigation and criminal defense, but I was able to uh, encourage him to uh, take on some environmental cases and we we took on a Clean Water Act case against two water districts for for repeatedly discharging raw sewage down in southern california and that led to with resulted in some limited success. We did cause uh, there them to Implement over a million dollars in upgrades to their systems, but it left me uh thinking long and hard about uh what part of environmental law that I wanted to uh, specialize in and focus on, and ultimately, I chose industrial hemp i uh, in the early well in in the eighties and 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 early nineties I was <laughs> made aware of the Emperor Wears No Clothes, Jack Harris' book on uh, the history of industrial hemp, and and that somewhat inspired me, as well as Woody Harrelson's act, act, uh, actions in uh, the mid-90s in, in Kentucky, and I decided to throw my hat in on industrial hemp at that time.
1: Right. Uh, well, we're so thankful that you are fulfilling the role that you are. It sounds like you've got a history of, of legal family, your father following kind of in, in his footsteps, and it's something you're passionate about and you're well-spoken, so we appreciate you fulfilling that role. And now I'm curious, so after reading Jack Herrer's book and learning about the history of hemp, you decided, okay, this is something environmental, this is something that I can put my skills into. What, essentially, why do you feel that cannabis and hemp should be legalized on a federal as well as across the states. You know, why should why should cannabis and hemp become legal?
0: Well, you know, specifically regarding industrial hemp, uh it, it, it can play an important role in what I refer to as the state sustainability pie. Um as we struggle to transition from an economy that is based on expansion, growth and exploitation of natural resources. Industrial hemp seems like a a, a great one of one, one solution to the many solutions that we need to our current uh, environmental paradigm and the rise of global climate change, and um, I mean, industrial hemp can play a role in that, uh, principally as an agricultural crop. We need to increase from where we're at in, in the United States from, from a research paradigm to a full commercialization. But it, when we're talking about mm-hmm. cannabis in general, the most important thing to me is you know, it's, a, it's a social justice issue. We, we 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 need to stop incarcerating people for a possession of a plant that is is far less harmful for humans and society than alcohol. So pr- principally mm-hmm. from that philosophical perspective, I I'm a big advocate for normalizing all things related to cannabis.
1: Very good. So <clears throat> as far as the government institutions that ultimately will regulate the growth and the manufacture and the distribution of industrial hemp-related products, I'm sure do you feel that there would there would be different institutions or governmental agencies that would kind of regulate and govern industrial hemp or cannabis would they be the same institutions or different institutions how, how do you see that regulation coming about
0: Well you know, regarding industrial hemp it's an agricultural Uh, issue. It's an agricultural um, domain, and it ought to be uh, regulated by the U.S. Department of Agriculture, perhaps with some involvement of the Food and Drug Administration. And then in California, uh, where I'm located and we've worked hard to pass a bill here, we've got the California Department of Food and Ag that has jurisdiction over it. Uh, with mm-hmm. respect to to other realms of cannabis uh there there will there will be uh jurisdiction uh and regulations adopted by uh the departments of ag as well you'll deal with you'll you'll include departments of commerce um and the board of equalization and you know various economic and and financial agencies as well as the Mm -hmm. agricultural agencies, in addition to the Department of Public Health.
1: Mm -hmm. So it will take an organized sort of regulatory board or several different organizations that will both work on the industrial side as well as the medical side, it sounds like. Yeah,
0: that's correct. In, In California... The legislature finally passed statewide regulations, and there are, I believe, six different agencies that will play some role in the regulatory process of, of medical cannabis.
1: Interesting. So with that said, let's let's talk about a few of the bills or, or pieces of legislature that are currently going through the House today. What what can you talk about as far as uh, first on a state level and then on, on a federal level? What well, the state level,
0: oh, I'm sorry, did I interrupt you?
1: No, no, go ahead. I was just saying what bills or acts are currently going through?
0: Yeah, so in California, we spent almost a decade in getting uh our industrial hemp uh farming act passed it was It was led and championed by Senator Mark Leno, who was initially in in the assembly when it was originally introduced in <clears throat> in two thousand and five. We we faced three vetoes over the years, and finally, in 2013, we were able to get a signature from Governor Brown. uh, And what we had to do is we had to uh, condition it on federal authorization in order to get his signature. He was concerned, as well as uh, uh, Governor Schwarzenegger, prior to him, about the federal-state uh, conflict, and they didn't want to put. Uh, even though we had a solution, and and we were uh, had it had the case designed to avoid federal preemption, they were concerned about the federal preemption issues, and so we chose to uh, circumvent that issue by conditioning it on federal authorization. So that passed at the at the state level, and then and then subsequently in two, early 2014, Congress finally passed the Farm Bill, and the current Farm Bill had attached to it uh, something we refer to as the Hemp Amendment. It's Section 7606, and it authorizes states that have passed industrial hemp legislation to conduct research projects at at the university and at the Department of Agricultural level. And the states that have really been leading the way on on that front are Kentucky and Colorado. We do have a project in the works in California and hope to have uh, field trials in 2016 at Cal Poly Pomona. We also have two, well, actually three bills in Congress- presently uh companion bills in the senate and the house for the industrial hemp farming act one in the house it's hr 525 and in the senate it's it's senate bill 134 and that is essentially removing industrial hemp from the definition of marijuana under the controlled substances act defining it as less than 0.3% thc and removing it out of jurisdiction from the dea into uh ideally the usda but it but the way it will will proceed is is the federal government will largely leave it to the states to regulate it. Eventually we'll get to um more uh, federal regulations, but at this time since only uh you know maybe a little bit more than a majority of the states have passed industrial hemp legislation, the approach is to allow states to use their uh, state's rights to implement that on their own. There's a third bill in the Senate and it's called the Therapeutic Hemp Medical Access Act and that is uh Senate Bill 1333. And that that's an interesting bill over the past uh maybe the past 5 to 10 years what's been growing in popularity and and more uh knowledge is being gained on different cannabinoids other than THC, they're non-psychoactive cannabinoids that also have great medical benefit. And one of those in particular is, is known as cannabidiol CBD. And this is a bill to essentially allow for the growth of cannabis uh, that is high in CBD and low in THC. And interestingly enough, it defines uh, therapeutic hemp uh, as less than 0.3% THC so if that were to pass and the industrial hemp farming act were not uh it would do it would have the same effect in in legalizing uh at the federal level industrial hemp allowing states to proceed with uh what we believe to be commercialization however, however we 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 are sitting here without yet having a hearing on these bills and not quite sure whether or not they will make it to a vote in, in either the house or the Senate.
1: At what least are some ways, right now, now obviously there's, there's um, different methods of, of legalization, different bills, different acts. What are some of the ways that our listeners could get involved in pushing these through and, and, and really supporting them, educating uh, politicians or representatives, how can they, you know, kind of encourage these representatives to take a look at these and, and to really consider them uh, for, you know, for the benefit of humanity? Obviously.
0: Well, they ought to initially contact their their federal representatives in the House and the Senate and encourage them to sign on as co-authors and co-sponsors of these bills. They can write to them to the legislature to help explain the benefits of these bills um, and, and encourage them that way. They can also, if they're in, actually, when, when the representatives are in the district, they could help to, to get meetings with them, perhaps join with other folks to have a more uh, powerful effect. If the, If you're in D.C., request to see your legislators while you're there, drop in and and encourage them uh, to sign on to these bills. But in addition to all of that, one way uh, to encourage legislators to take action is is through spending dollars. And the more money that is spent by folks on commercial hemp products, that will only help to put pressure on the legislators and and realize that this is – you know, of economic benefit to uh, help not only uh, the economy at the federal level, but at the local and state level as well.
1: Exactly, and really, what you're describing—I've—I've I've mentioned for years—which is, vote with your dollars. You know, wherever you invest, wherever whatever you put your money into is going to expand, or is going to—you know—you're—you're you're basically symbolizing where your values are by where your money goes. And so by putting your money into hemp, whether it's clothing or food or soap or, you know, investing in, in um, you know, Vote Hemp and, you know, sending donations. If you go to votehemp.com, getting involved, these are all ways, as you mentioned, Patrick, that are going to increase awareness, but it's also going to show how critically essential it is to our economy to legalize industrial hemp.
0: That, that, that's absolutely correct, Tyler.
1: So, what what would you say? Now, there's there's a few ways of, of changing laws. One of the ways, uh, several of the states, they have ballot initiatives where the people actually get all their signatures together and are able to change laws by uh, signature gathering. H- how do ballot initiatives differ from like a house um, a house bill or a senate bill?
0: Well. It- Initiatives are done at the state level for, in states that allow them. Not not all states allow them, but in California, we have that process. Uh, there there are two different levels of the process. One is is making a constitutional amendment, and the other is essentially passing a new law. the The, the, the real distinction between those is in in form and effect. Form is you need more signatures to get a constitutional amendment, and then a constitutional amendment it, it goes into the constitution. Whereas if you were passing an initiative with that's not a constitutional amendment, it would it would go into the statute books. So um, that's 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 one difference. Um, but in in the legislative process, you're you're working to lobby. The legislators at the Capitol, uh, and then ultimately, if you can get that pa- the bill passed through the the committees in each house of the legislature, then you're lobbying the governor for his signature. It's very different uh, when you're when you're dealing with an initiative on the ballot. Number one, you really you, you need tremendous funding uh, in order to get. In California, in order to get enough signatures on the ballot, you really need to hire folks to go gather signatures. the The numbers are on the low end on on the non-amendment, constitutional amendment process. It's five to six hundred thousand signatures, as I recall, and more like eight hundred uh, thousand to a million on the constitutional amendment side. That that that's a lot of signatures, and you can't just rely on. Um, each signature to be 100% accurate and in full effect. Mm -hmm. So you have to go over that by uh, accounting for um, uh, non-legitimate signatures.
1: Right. In in other words, doubling how many signatures you need to get for that chance that the person just signed it because they wanted to get you out of their face or whatever.
0: That's correct. Or they're not registered at the address, or or even in right. the county that they said th- that they said they were. And then mm-hmm. after that, the money is really uh, required to run the campaign. It's largely uh, a TV ad campaign, somewhat old school. But and and the the amount of money that is going to be needed to to pass. An initiative and the campaign and the and the uh, advertising dollars really depends on who the opposition is and how much money they're going to put in it. If we look back mm-hmm. at the uh, Prop 19 uh, initiative in, I believe it was uh, 2010, mm-hmm. which would have legalized recreational adult use of cannabis, the, the the dollars that were spent on the pro side were in the neighborhood of uh, tens of millions i i believe it was around 10 million dollars and but the opposition i think spent more than that so mm-hmm. you a tremendous amount of resources goes into passing an initiative where it's not that pricey to to get a a bill through the legislature
1: so that that seems like a more legitimate approach is, is really encouraging our representatives, rather than maybe putting all of our energy into signatures. Would you say going after both approaches is, is good, or focusing on one is more important? Well, I
0: think I think both approaches are good, but when you go to the to the ballot box and initiative, you want to go with with a a, a very Big project and and all encompassing uh, uh, drafted legislation. So we anticipate that there will be Prop 19 failed in California in 2010. We anticipate a an initiative in 2016 that would do something similar to what Prop 19 did. Maybe maybe it'll be very different, but inside of it, we're deal- it's going to be dealing with recreational use. It'll have a. Probably a, a, a medical component to it, as well as an industrial hemp component to it. Mm-hmm. And another difference there is that the only way to overturn an initiative is by a subsequent initiative, or unless the courts say that there's some aspect of it that that is unconstitutional. But w- when you pass legislation at the within um, the Either Congress or the state legislature that could be overturned by going back and passing subsequent legislation so um, Mm -hmm. that's that's a very significant uh, difference
1: right so I would love to hear your perspective or just what I know we've we've pretty much gone over it you know these bills that need to be passed the Senate bill the HR bill um, what are a few, or who are a few representatives or leaders that are currently out there in support of industrial hemp? Whether it's state representatives or agricultural commissioners, who, who are some of the people out there that you would recommend people contact or commend or look to for, you know, advice or look to for uh, kind of as an example of how they're leading the way to, to bring hemp to the people?
0: In California, it's uh, Senator Mark Leno has been our champion. In um, and, in and Kentucky, and Kentucky has done a great job of of leading the way. And uh, in Kentucky, you have uh, the current um, Depar- Secretary of Department of Agriculture uh, Comer, C O M E R and i believe he is going to be he was running for governor um I, I don't think he prevailed in the in the um primary election and i he may be uh, announcing running for the house he has been a a champion and i would say that he is one of the folks that are are most instrumental for uh getting the hemp amendment on into the farm bill and Along with that, you have Rand Paul. I, ironically enough, we may disagree on lots of different areas of of uh, their positions, but Rand Paul and Mitch McConnell have also been uh, instrumental in both getting the the uh, hemp amendment to the Farm Bill passed, as and the, and the language um, v- friendly to the industry, as well as getting pushing uh, bills that are currently in in congress. Uh, mm-hmm. Patrick Leahy uh who I believe is out of Vermont has been very helpful uh at the Senate level uh, as has been uh, Ron Wyden from Oregon. And uh and then I believe in in Kentucky I believe it, it it's uh House member uh Markley is it, he's either Oregon or or uh Kentucky. But um, mm-hmm. it's been those states uh, that have have really helped um, to lead the way. Both both um, both House members from Oregon, and, and I believe uh, a member or two from the Senate, as well as Kentucky, they've been they, they've been the um, the states that have been really leading the way at the national level.
1: Right, right. As
0: well as as well as Colorado, and I, I believe his uh, the member there is uh, is House Representative Polis.
1: Okay, great. Well, these are wonderful names. If you uh, missed any of them, just rewind this episode and uh, contact these representatives. Let them know that you're thankful for leading the way and and doing what's necessary to make these changes. We just have about five minutes left. I'm so thankful for you joining us today, Patrick. What if you could offer our listeners one thing that they could do today that maybe doesn't cost any money that will contribute, and I know we've already mentioned you know, purchasing hemp products, but maybe something that's free that they could do today that will help change the way people see hemp and, and will really make a difference. What, what's something you suggest our listeners could do today?
0: Well, that's a good question, and it, it, for me, it goes back to you know I look back at my uh, my own history as an environmentalist, and as a young environmentalist, I, I was really thinking that you know we we and and having the goals and objectives to change the world and to have this great influence. But over the years, what I've realized is that it it, it takes one conversation at a time to have mm. those those influences and those that effect. It's I, I refer to it as, as ripples. And mm. if you can go out and have a single conversation with somebody who doesn't know anything about hemp and help educate them on the differences between hemp and the so called marijuana uh side of the cannabis plan, I, I, I choose to eradicate that word from my my uh vocabulary and use the term mm-hmm. cannabis, rec- either recreational, medicinal or industrial. Um mm-hmm. and and help help to uh increase the knowledge amongst your neighbors and, and they in turn can reach out and, and and teach other folks about that. As well as the mm-hmm. children. You know, I've got a I've got a, a young Uh, well now he's almost a teenager and and you know he struggles to distinguish between hemp and the other side of cannabis and the more we can work to properly educate the youth on these differences and the importance of of understanding you know that they have developing brains and that this may not be the best thing for them to uh, engage in at at a young age but to not look at it as the boogeyman and that it also has this plant has a great benefit for humanity. Um, those are a few things, important things that, that folks could really help to do to shift the tide in public
1: perception. You heard it folks, spread that ripple of awareness. Like Patrick said, have conversation, bring it up with your grandmother, with your father, with your brother, with your coworkers, just start talking about industrial hemp and, and cannabis. And like Patrick said, I'm on that same page of eradicating the word marijuana only because it's looked at as such a, a an evil word. It's been so associated with, with uh, the demonization of this plant, uh, you know, through Harry Anslinger and William Randolph Hearst and all these guys back in the day that spread the propaganda. Uh, so it is crucial to make the distinction between hemp uh, for industrial purposes and, and medical or recreational cannabis. Patrick, it's been such an honor and a privilege to have you on the show. I hopefully uh, have you on a future episode, and and thank you so much for doing all your work. Where can our listeners get a hold of you? If they do have any cannabis or hemp-related uh, legal issues, how, how can they hire you or, or get a hold of you and, and connect with you?
0: Well, as you indicated, my website is Patrick dgoggin.com it's in the midst of needing some updating but they can also reach me at patrick at that'll get into my email server and i'll be able to reach back out to you it's been a great uh time being here tyler i really appreciate being on the show and i look forward to future dialogue and progress
1: right on well have a wonderful day listeners we appreciate you tuning in Check us out on the iTunes podcast library. Just type in hemp aware, all one word, increase your knowledge every day. Go to hempaware.com forward slash books to get the latest and the most classic books on hemp and industrial hemp cannabis. And uh, give us a ring 805-410-4367. We'd love to hear your opinions, your perspectives. What is it that you want to learn about hemp? Who do you want to have on the show? Thanks so much for tuning in. This is your HEMPY host, Tyler Hemp. Thanks again, Patrick.
0: Thank you, Tyler.
1: Blessings.